You're listening to Bob Weshusen on 98.7 ESPN. Let's head to Giant Camp, and let's get the latest from Jordan Ronan, who joins us here on 98.7 ESPN, covers the Giants on a daily basis for 98.7 and for ESPN. Jordan, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. You got it, Bob. Anytime. How's it going? All is well. How's it going for Saquon Barkley? I mean, that has to be topic number one for every Giant fan out there. How does he look? Well, pretty good. He was back on the field again today, right? That's really the thing. It's not, okay, can he get out on the field? It's how does he feel afterward? And Joe Judge uh, said, you know, that was very encouraging, was really encouraging, was the term that he used. So when you get on the field and your knee holds up well and feels fine the next day, I mean, look, he's not running through 11-11 drills. He's not running live drills or any kind of contact at this point. But this is just a step of the progression, right? And, and as Joe Judge even said, he called it an extension of his rehab. So, uh, But, hey, this is a step in the right direction. And when you – the data was really that – so I spoke to a bunch of people, you know, probably before training camp. And they said to me, you know, he really kind of needs to be back by the Cleveland joint practices. That's kind of like the date in order for the timeline to be that he could be back for week one. Well, guess what? The Cleveland joint practices were like are like 10 days after the early return. So you have to view that as being an optimistic uh, result to his comeback so far. What do you think the plan with him will be? How, how, do you think, how do you think they're envisioning this comeback for him? I think they're envisioning it, okay, we're trying to ramp him up for week one. I really do. I think that, that's the hope. That's the goal. Uh, if, if it doesn't work out any – and his knee, you know, there's some days where his knee just doesn't feel as good or maybe isn't as strong, then they'll take it slowly. They have no problem with that. And Joe Judge has been very adamant about that. They're taking a, a long-range view here with Saquon Barkley. Uh, but I think that's sort of what they have in mind. He's not going to get in 11-11 drills uh, in joint practices with other teams like, you know, Cleveland next week and then right. the Patriots the final week. But maybe, like, a week or two before the season, they could sneak him into live drills in their own controlled environment. So at least he could feel some contact. Joe Judge did leave open the possibility of him playing in a preseason game, and it kind of seemed like you know, he no would way. be open if he's fully cleared in that final, that no third, final third preseason game. There's but, no chance. But I agree with you. But we also have to take into account, remember, he is. we didn't see him handle preseason last year, right? There was no preseason. Right. Right. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady played you know, in, in preseason game four against the Giants. I remember I was there a couple of years ago before he served his suspension. Joe Judge told a story about he went up to Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, and Demarius Thomas and had to tell them before the final fourth preseason game a few years ago, hey, guys, <laughs> we, you're, you're playing in preseason game four. So he does come from that tree. Now, I think this might be a little different situation because he's coming back from injury. But we do have to keep that in mind. He Joe is Judge is—he's nuts. He's nuts if he plays Saquon Barkley in a preseason game. Absolutely out of his mind. There's I no way he gives I'm him the ball you. in a preseason I'm game. Yeah, I mean, to, like to, to me, if I'm them, I look at the first month of the regular season the way you normally look at the preseason, and I'm ramping him up. Like I'm almost looking mm-hmm. at week one of the regular season that if I can get him on the field for 25 snaps and give him the ball eight or ten times, and I do everything by committee. Like if I get to the second or third week of October. 
And Saquon Barkley is at a spot at that point where I feel like I can give him 20 to 25 touches in a game, man, mission accomplished. I think they will have managed him beautifully to that point. There's no chance they're giving him the ball in a preseason game. No chance. If they do, they're out of their minds. I agree. I think they're out of their minds. I'm leaving it as a slim possibility, though, just because I'm looking at that history of Bill Belichick and how they believe you know, and look at their beliefs with the preseason and, and the playing guys. I mean, Tom Brady has played in way more preseason games than right. me and you probably would have played Tom Brady. I mean, no doubt about let's, it. Let's be honest. Now, I agree with you. You're onto something, though. I talked to sources throughout the summer 100% early in this season. You are not going to see Saquon Barkley's full workload out there thrown straight out there. No, the Giants are going to limit his workload yeah. early in the season. Even if he, even though he's back early, even if he's playing in the preseason, still going to limit his workload. Yep, they, yeah, they have to do that with him. Jordan Runon uh, at Giant Camp every day joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, how about Tony and Galladay? You got the rookie who should be a big impact player. I know he obviously is kind of need to speed the wheels up during training camp. And Galladay, when are we going to see him back, you know, full go? Yeah, Kenny Galladay has been on the field at least working the last couple of days, which is new. Uh, you know, after he hurt his hamstring, he wasn't so. I think that's a positive sign. The Giants, again, they don't see any reason to rush Kenny Galladay back on the field. We're, we're still over a month before right. the regular season opener. So why rush him back on the field? I think you know they're going to take their time with him. You won't see him doing a lot until late August probably, just as a really precautionary measure, I think. so. But uh, there's little doubt, unless he has a setback, that Kenny Galladay will be ready for week one and playing a huge role in this offense. And then Kadarius Tony, little by little, I mean, he didn't do much today, because, uh, today even though it was a pad of practice, but little by little you see him doing a little more, uh, contributing a little more. He made some you know, catches uh, from first-team drills with Daniel Jones, and that was like kind of a first six. So it's been a really slow start to camp for Kadarius Tony. Uh, granted, he... You know, had COVID right at the start of camp. He missed much spring for really a variety of strange reasons. Uh, but little by little, you're seeing the flashes of why the Giants like him and view him as sort of this offensive weapon. And I think, uh, especially his rookie year, that's kind of what we're going to see from Kadarius Sony and uh, really provide them different aspects to their offense, right? And I think that was kind of the goal here this offseason. Yeah, I mean, Everybody how, brings sort of like a different skill set, you know? Yep. Like, how big of a fan are you of Darius Slayton? I think Darius Slayton is an underrated receiver that if he is your number two or at times your number three guy out there, I think you can get him in some great matchups. Now, he might not be an 80-catch, 1,200-yard guy. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to get to that level, but I think Darius Slayton could be a guy that every game, has the potential to make a game-changing play because of the matchup you can get him in based on the fact that you've got to pay attention to these other guys. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Darius Slayton is a good complimentary receiver to have around. I mean, John Ross also, I mean, when he's on the field, granted he now missed some time today, but I mean, and, and that's the, obviously the tease with a guy like John Ross with that really, I mean, dude ran the fastest 40 time ever. Uh, so when he's on the field, you can kind of see that. But Darius Slayton, he was talking to the other day in the Giants, you know, social, you know, social team or in-house video team, 
asked him about his, you know, his Madden rating, and he was kind of ticked off because he's like saying, "Hey, you know, they keep cheating me on my speed. What the heck is this?" He's going to say, "I don't, I don't have elite speed." I mean, go look at my, you know, I've been able to beat NFL defenders deep, right, with straight speed, one-on-one. I proved it in the league. Go look at my 40 time at the combo. Like, I don't understand why people just don't seem to be uh, believing that I'm, a, I'm fast. It's like, it's like, where is this myth developed that says I'm Darius Slayton and I'm not really just like a, a middling, not speedy receiver. Right. So he, he took a little offense. But, no, you're right. I mean, he, he has proven – he has an ability to get open and win one-on-one matchups in this league. And, again, you know, when you have uh, Saquon Barkley in the lineup, when you have Kenny Galladay on the other side, that sort of alpha number one receiver, tough catch, you know, throw, him in that, throw the ball up in the air to that kind of guy, and you have Sterling Shepard working out of the slot and all over, the, Darius Slayton is a very valuable piece. And if, if, if everything does come together, you know, they're all going to be contributing. It'll be interesting to see how those – uh, targets and receptions are actually distributed because they do have a lot of options. If the biggest, everybody is healthy. Yeah, I mean, and if they can protect this quarterback, right? I mean, obviously that's also the biggest jumping well, that, off point for Daniel Jones. Can, yes, can this group up front? Now, from what you've seen, is there a reason for a Giant fan to believe what I think their eyes told them in the last, say, five or six games of last season, that Andrew Thomas can do this, that Matt Pert can do this, that this actually is an offensive line that I should believe in, or the larger sample size of last season was, all right, you know, there, there might be some holes with this group, and Daniel Jones paid the price for that. So, I mean, what, what have you seen, and what do you think we can expect to see on Saturday against the Jets, who will, at least at the start of the game, put a really good defensive line out there as a test for these guys in week one? Yeah, it'll be a good test because you want to see these guys kind of work. There's, look, you can't sit here and be like, this line is going to be great. You know, they're definitely making this jump. They have some real question marks. There's people inside the building, the giant building, that know that this offensive line still comes with major question marks. You could sit there and pick apart all five positions at the offensive line and say each guy still comes with a question mark. So until you see it and see it on the field, live, against other teams, it's you know, you're not gonna be able to believe it. Now, I personally think and from seeing them and talking to people and just watching last year, they're not quite as bad as some people make them out to be. But they're also if you're expecting them to become one of the best lines in the league, that seems like an unrealistic expectation, right? You have to be realistic. If this offensive line is average, the middle of the league kinda kinda average and serviceable, I think that's a win for the Giants and you just hope that some of the young players, like they're throwing uh, two second-year uh, tackles out there. They're throwing a second-year guard out there. Nick Gates is only in his second year ever playing center. Like, you just want to see gains from most of those guys. I don't. I, it's probably not realistic to say all of them are going to make a jump. But, but if you could get three of those four guys basically to make a leap in year two, yeah, the offensive line can be average, serviceable, however you want to describe it. Uh, but uh, let's see. Let's see how they do against other teams. First, Jets, and they have the joint practices with the, with the Browns yep. and the Patriots. I think those will all be very valuable for this group to get that kind of action. Because you look at the Giants' edge rushers at times, and they really don't have anybody right now. Especially, they're not especially good, great, good at that position in the first place. But I mean, at practice, it's like Andrew Thomas is going against 
Nico Lawless and Trent Harris these days. Uh, so you're like, okay, let's see what happens when they have to go against Miles Garrett next week. It's a little, di- it's a little different, um, you know, when Andrew Thomas gets some reps against Miles Garrett instead of uh, Nico Lawless. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, the- Nico Lawless. Good story, Dartmouth and all, but you know. Right. Not Miles Garrett. I mean, the Jets are going through the same thing. Jordan Ronan with us, by the way, 98.7 here at, uh, at Giant Camp. Jets are kind of going through the same thing with Makai Becton, Carl Lawson, right? Like when Carl Lawson right. all of a sudden has a three-sack day at practice, you're like, oh, man, the Jets, maybe they've got a guy that they haven't had since John Abraham. Well, yeah, that's right. great, but that means he's whooping your left tackle every day. <laughs> that's not necessarily yeah. a good thing. So you're right. If Andrew Thomas is out there and he's giving up no sacks but now. no one good's rushing against him, then you, I guess you're, you always have to keep all that in perspective. Yeah, I mean, you just hope it's good experience for a guy like McKinbeck, and then that when he gets to go against Miles Garrett next week, even though you know Andrew Thomas might get whooped on a couple of reps, look, everyone loses reps, right? Sure, but you know that he is able to you know learn from it and grow from that, and, and that in the long term it'll pay dividends, and I'm sure that's the hope the Jets have with McKinbeck. All right, almost out of time. I want it down for the record that it took this deep into our chat to talk about Daniel Jones. I, I'm kind of patting myself on the back, <laughs> right, that we've gone this deep, but. Give me a wide-angle lens look at Daniel Jones, right? I mean, right now, everybody's saying that this has to be the crucible year three. This is the litmus test. This is now how we judge NFL quarterbacks because then you have to pay them. What would it take for Daniel Jones to not be the giant quarterback next season? He will have to not make any you – know, there will have to not be growth. I mean, if he plays better – Average, you know, and, and but the Giants are still sold on him. You know, yep. could still be sold on him. Like, hey, we love this guy the way he works. Some of the things he does, he, he the physical skills are all there. So as long as they could be sold on him, if he's you know running in place and not making any gains, and the you know the turnovers are still a huge problem, and the fumbles come back to be just the, you know the, the the ultimate plague on him, then you could say, okay, you know what, this organization might need to look elsewhere. They have two first round picks. They're in pretty good shape to do it. This might be the time to, you know, cut ties, you know, early before. So I always say you never want to, and this is, you, you never want to be like the Bengals. You have Andy Dalton, you're like, oh, he's pretty good, he's doing all right, and you know, next thing you know, it's ten years later, and you still had Andy Dalton, and you really didn't do anything. Yep. Like that's the worst position to be in the NFL. It's to be sold on someone who ultimately isn't the guy. So you really do need to make that, you know, decision sooner rather than later in the NFL. So it's certainly a big year for Daniel Jones. But like I, I tell everybody this, and he's been up and down the summer so far, but you, you, you still see those flashes. Uh, but, you know, and I, I really, I, I say this over and over and over when it comes to Daniel Jones. But, uh, you know, you add Saquon Barkley and you add Kenny Galladay to any offense in the NFL. Assume those two guys are healthy, right? How does that not make Daniel Jones and this offense significantly better? No doubt. I'm I'm 100% with you. Jordan, out of time. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. You got it, Bob. Anytime. Have a great show. You're listening to Bob Weshusen on 98.7 ESPN.